in week four of our series, Wait What? And uh, we're taking some time to look at some of the crazy stories in the Bible. And uh, let me tell you, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of strange stories in the Bible. But our goal in this series is to hopefully understand these stories, um, apply them to our life, and realize that just because they're, they're strange doesn't mean they're not on purpose, that God wants to speak to us um, through every page of his word. And uh, there's no part of the Bible that's like was an accident where God was like, ah, I, yeah, I guess that'll go in there. But every part we believe is inspired by God, um, is, is ordained by God, and has something for us wherever we find ourselves in life. So that's kind of the goal of this series is to talk about the weird stuff and break it down and then apply it to our life and realize that the Bible, even though on the surface can be sometimes uh, confusing or like, I don't know what it's talking about. If you dig a little bit deeper, you can see that there's stuff in it for all of us. Because I think that's one of the big fears, I think, for a lot of us when it comes to the Bible or God's word is when we open it up, like, what if it doesn't make any sense to me? And first off, like you're not alone in that. If you open up the Bible and you're like, I just, I'm kind of confused by this. But also, if you dig a little bit or you let it, the Bible talks about meditating on it or, or chewing on it, just kind of like thinking about it, God will begin to unlock things in his word that were at, at one point confusing to you or you didn't agree with or you didn't like. God, if you, if you allow him to, he will speak to you um, in his word. So that's kind of the point of this series. Now, uh, we've been jumping around, and uh, we're going to be in Numbers chapter 22. Numbers 22 is where we're going to be. And um, just a little bit of context, because I kind of like jumping into these stories right in the middle and then explaining it. Um, but a little bit of context, before, because we're literally going to jump in the middle of the chapter, in the middle of the story, because it's a lot of reading, and I wanted to refine it to the, basically the part that we wanted to talk about. So at this point, the nation of Israel, who is basically our main character, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. And uh, after the end of the book of Genesis, we follow Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their descendants, and they end up in Egypt. Uh, and uh, after some time, they go from about two or 300 people in Egypt, and they grow to a population of a couple million. And in Egypt, they, they, they are enslaved to the Egyptians. They're there for a bunch of years, and then God raises up a guy named Moses and delivers them out of bondage to the Egyptians and brings them to a land that God has promised them. We call it the promised land, because God promised them that land. And so they leave Egypt, and they're on their way to experience what God has promised for them. Now, the book of Numbers, it kind of takes a little bit of a detour because the nation of Israel, they, they kind of get grumpy and they get hangry and they get frustrated and they complain to God. And so God basically tells the generation that is there that they're going to die in the wilderness, but their kids are going to occupy the land that was actually promised to them. It's going to go to their kids. And so in Numbers 22, it's kind of right around that uh, season. Now, they're going into the promised land, they're making their way in, and they, they're, they're conquering some of the existing uh, countries and nations and people that are in that land uh, for a number of different reasons. I don't want to get into it, but basically they're taking out these different people groups. Now, 
One of the people groups, they were the Amorites. They had just conquered them. They're, they're taking the land. And then another group known as the Moabites or the people of Moab, they are kind of shaking in their boots. Like they see the nation of Israel coming. They see that God is on their side. The Bible speaks of God is for us. Who can be against us? Like they're seeing that. They're seeing the nation of Israel coming in to occupy the land, and they are terrified. So a king, uh, his name is, uh, where is his name? It's in the beginning. Uh, I thought, no, it's not. Oh, Balak, the son of Zipper. There it is. <laughs> Balak, the son of Zipper. Uh, he's the king of Moab, and he's terrified because the nation of Israel is coming. So he comes up with this idea where he wants to ask a prophet, actually a prophet of God, he wants to hire this prophet of God to curse the nation of Israel. So that's basically what's happening, and I'm going to read it, and then we'll kind of explain um, a little bit more of it. So he sends the, the, these people to this guy's house. His name's Balaam. He wants to hire him to curse the nation of Israel. So we're all caught up, right? Does all make sense? Hopefully. All right, here, um, let's start in verse 12. It says this, And God said to Balaam, this is the prophet that they want to hire, he says, God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. He says, You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go back to your land, for the Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Then Balak again sent princes more numerous and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak, the son of Zippor, Please leave nothing, uh, please let nothing hinder you from coming to me. For I will certainly honor you greatly, and I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come, curse this people for me. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men come to call you, rise and go with them, but only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then, verse 22, God's anger was aroused because he went, speaking of Balaam, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him, and he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now pause for just a moment. So follow the story. Balak sends his princess to Balaam. They're like, hey, we want to hire you because we want you to curse the nation of Israel. He's like, hold on, let me pray about it. So he goes and he prays, hey, God, do you want me to go with these people to curse the nation of Israel? And God says, definitely not. All right. So he walks out. He's like, sorry, guys. God said, no, I can't come over today. And so they're like, oh, man. So they go back to their king. And they're like, yeah, sorry, buddy. He said, no. And he's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. So he sends more honorable people, like more people, more money, more offering. They come back to him. And they're like, man, are you, are you sure? Like, ask him again. Come on. Maybe... You ever been this like this with your parents? Like, uh, dad said no, but maybe mom will say yes. Um, so they, 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 they come back and they're like, hey, um, he said he's going to pay you more money. Like, are you sure you don't want to come? Now, remember, God already said no, right? God said, don't go with those guys. Bad news, don't go with them. So they're like, listen, even if you gave me a house filled with silver, I can't go against God, but let me ask one more time. Maybe God will have changed his mind. So he goes back, and then God says, 
go with them. So he gets up. He's like, yes, I'm going to get paid. That's what I want. I'm going to curse the nation of Israel. I'm going to get paid. I'm going to go with them. So he gets up the next morning. He goes with them. And we're told that God's anger was aroused because he went with them. All right? So you're seeing what's happening. He asked God. God said no. Asked God again. God said, fine. God said, whatever. Do whatever you want to do. And then God's upset because he went with him following the story. And now the angel Lord. Sorry, I forgot that part. Angel Lord standing there in opposition, the direction he's coming. The angel Lord's there to stop him. Now, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his drawn sword is in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So the, the donkey sees the angel. He's like, nope. And he goes off the road into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. You stupid donkey. Doesn't say that, but I just added that. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on the side and a wall on that side. So it's like this tiny little road. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. You stupid donkey. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she laid down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with the staff. Now this is where it gets weird. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that, I've struck, that you've struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you've abused me. <laughs> he says, I wish there was a sword in my hand for now I would kill you. So listen to this. So then, so then the donkey said to Balaam, am, am I not your donkey on whom you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Like the classic donkey, right? She's like, all right, just reason with me for a second, man. Haven't I, haven't I been like a good donkey for you? Have I ever done anything like this? Like I'm always there on time. I always have gas in the car. Like what are, I'm ready to go. And yet you're so upset at me. Have I ever done this before? And he's like, well, no, I guess, I guess not. And then... Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have also killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. And the story kind of concludes with him going to God. God says, I'm not going to curse the people. So he comes back to the king and pronounces this huge blessing over the nation of Israel. And he's like, what the heck? I hired you to curse them. And three times he blesses them when he's supposed to curse them. That's kind of the story. The part I kind of want to talk about is the, tonk, the, to the tonking donking. 
the talking donkey, right? Because that we can all agree that is a little bit weird, yeah? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much uh, for this night. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. And Lord, as strange as this is, God, we, we, we believe that you want to talk to us through it. And um, we ask that you would give us hear, ears to hear what you want to say. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I title this message, if you take notes, you're not listening. You're not listening. You ever been there? Um, yeah. I probably shouldn't talk about this, but I will. Pretty much the story of uh, mine and Hannah's life is her telling me something, me definitely not listening, then her later telling me it again and be like, you never said that, and she'd be like, uh, yeah, I did, and she can recount and recall the exact moment and time and what I was wearing and where I was sitting and what I was doing, in fact, to miss out on what she has been saying is because you were watching basketball and simultaneously you were on your phone and at the same time you were listening to music. And so how do you think you would have heard me? I told you 17 times. You weren't listening. Yeah. That's <laughs> she actually sent me a, a meme the other day. Right? It was good, right? Yeah, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> she said... This is what she sent me. If repeating the same sentence 12 days in a row only to have your husband tell you that you definitely never told him, definitely never told him that sounds awesome, then being a wife might be right for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically the idea is, is you, <laughs> you're not listening. You're not listening. Now, the reason I bring this up is because that's kind of the, the moral of this story. Because it kind of, if, if you miss it, if you miss it, you'll miss out on what exactly is happening. Because it seems like God's changing his mind in the story. Because what happens is, is Balaam goes to God, God says no. Balaam goes back to God, and God says yes. Then Balaam listens to what God said when he said yes, goes out into the road and gets faced with opposition, literally an angel of the Lord standing with the sword. His donkey is all over the place. And, and, and he's like, I'm just trying, God, you told me to go this way. And then God stands there and is like, I'm very displeased with you. Like, I don't like that you're going this direction. And, and he's like, well, what, what do you want from me? You know what I mean? Like, what, what are you saying? What are you talking about? Like, I thought you said this, then you said that. What's going on? And the problem is, is he wasn't exactly listening to what God said. Now, let me just pause for just a moment, because we see that the main thing in the story is, is hearing and discerning the voice of God. Hearing and discerning the voice of God, which is a difficult thing to do. Now, first, let me just talk about hearing from God. You may hear people talk about, especially if you've grown up in the church or, or if you've been around Christian people, you will hear people talk about hearing from God. Or you'll hear, hear people say, the Lord said to me, dot, dot, dot. Or God spoke and he said, dot, dot, dot. Now, I grew up in the church and I had people in my life that would talk like this all the time. They'd be like, God said, or, or God spoke to me, and, and I was just, you know, I was praying the other day, and God said, and I remember going up and be like, what are you talking about? Like, does God just like, you and God just like, he just comes over in the morning, and he talks to you? Like, I've, I've, ne I've never experienced that before. Like, you can talk to God. Like, is God in this room right now? You... 
And so sometimes you, you can, it, it can be very, like, a little bit alarming. Like, what do you mean by God spoke to you or God said to you? Now, when most of the time when Christians say this idea that God spoke to me or God said to me, they don't mean an audible voice they heard from heaven speaking to them or directing them. Most of the time, that's not what they mean when they say God said. Probably what they mean is that they felt or heard or, or, or there was this impression on their heart in a direction or a thought or an idea. That this idea that, that when God spoke to them, probably more accu accurately is, I think I felt God lead me in a certain way. And it's rare, and I can say, if I'm being honest with you today, I can say that God has never spoke to me in the sense of an audible voice from heaven talking to me. But I can also say that I believe I've heard from God, that, that God has spoken to me. Now, the primary way that God will speak to you is through his word. And what will happen is you'll read his word, and something in the page will jump out to you. And the reason it will jump out to you is because it is directly related to your life at this very moment. Either good, bad, or in between. So you, you're, you're frustrated, you're down, you're, you're feeling stuck. The word of God, you'll read it and all of a sudden it will give you hope and excitement to keep going. Or, or you'll, be, you'll be excited or, or you'll be confused. You'll read God's word and he'll give you some sort of direction or, or a way that he wants you to go. So the primary way that God will speak is through his word. But sometimes God will speak to us either through his word or in prayer or through a worship set or, or something like that where you, you just have this, this impression in your heart about something. It, it could be some action that God wants you to take. It could be some confirmation about something you've been praying about. It could just be more faith for an area of your life that you have been doubting in. There's all sorts of ways that God will speak, but God will imp impress upon his people or, or give some sort of direction or thought or encouragement to his people as you follow him. God, God speaks. It, it probably won't be an audible voice, but he will speak to you. The question is, are you listening? And that's kind of the, the problem with, with Balaam at this moment is God is speaking, he's not really listening. God wants to say something to him, but he is mishearing or misunderstanding God because God will speak. He'll speak through his word, he'll speak through a thought or a feeling or through another Jesus follower, but sometimes we can't hear him properly because we aren't Listening, And there's some things that Balaam sort of does that we might do that will cause us to not hear from God when he wants to speak to us. So three quick things, and we'll call it a night. I'm going to pull my phone out because the clock is not in the back, and uh, I need to keep an eye on the time. Point number one, write this down. A reason why you might not be hearing from God is because of selective hearing. Selective hearing. Now, again, I, I want to make this abundantly clear. We believe that God will speak to his people. It's probably not going to be an audible voice, but he will speak to you through his word. Sometimes it'll be even just like a thought that it sounds a lot like you, but, but what it's saying or what it feels like is not a normal thought you might think. There'll be times where like the, what you want to do is like avoid somebody or be mean to somebody or to stay away from that person. And all of a sudden you'll have a thought in your head that'll be like, do you know, I want, you should invite them 
over um, to play video games this weekend. And you're like, uh, hard pass. Right? And all of a sudden, you'll have this almost like an inner dialogue with yourself where it's like, I don't want to do that. But I feel like, why do I feel like I'm supposed to do that? But I hate doing this. And yet for some reason, and God will speak to us in that way. But most of the time, it'll be in a feeling or an impression or some way from God's word. But one of the reasons we might not hear from God is because we have what I'm calling selective hearing. Sometimes we don't hear God because we have this selective hearing. In other words, hearing or looking to hear only what we want to hear. Hearing or looking to hear only what we want to hear. Balaam's prayer, first Balaam prays, God says no, right? Clear as day. He says, don't go with those guys. Not a good idea. They leave. He listens the first time. They come back. When they come back, what what should have been his answer when they asked him? He should have said no. He should have said, God already said no. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like God's not going to change his mind. God's not going to like wake up in a better mood or a worse mood. God's not going to say, I know yesterday I told you to do this, or yesterday I told you I wanted you to date that person, or yesterday I told you I wanted you to go to this school, but I was just kidding. My fingers were crossed. Dump that person. Don't go to that school. Don't do that thing. Right? God's not going to change his mind. God doesn't, God doesn't decide things differently. So when they showed up this second time and they're like, hey, pretty please, can you come with us? His answer should have been no. No, God said no, sorry. I, I can't. I'm not going to. But what does he do? He's like, um, let me ask him again. Stay here tonight. We'll see. Maybe in the morning we'll have a different answer. So he goes to bed. He wakes up. And for probably to his surprise or maybe to his joy, there was a different answer. And he comes back out and he's like, okay. I can go with you guys because he was he was looking for something specific and God gives him what he wants. But notice it doesn't go well. Right. It's, it's not what God initially wanted. It wasn't the plan. But God gave him what he wanted really to prove a point to him that when God speaks, he's going to say what he wants to say. He's not going to change his mind. Balaam's problem is he had selective hearing. Sometimes when we pray to God for specific things, we think he's not speaking to us, but in reality, we're only listening for one answer. We'll say to God, God, I want you to provide for me everything I've ever wanted. And then we're like, all right, God, answer it. And then we're like, Frustrated with God because a week later, he hasn't answered our prayer. And we're like, hello, God, why aren't you answering me? I've been praying to you. I've been asking, or or maybe it'll be not so ridiculous. Maybe it'll be something like very specific, like God, give me this job. Or God, I want to date this person. That person right there, that's God, make it happen. (laughs) And then... And then something happens where they're not interested in you or the job doesn't work out or whatever the thing is. And then we're like, God, why aren't you answering me? And the reason is because we're only listening for God to say one specific thing rather than just listening to God. 
Rather than just saying, okay, God, will you speak to me whatever I need to hear? We go to God with what we think we want to hear, and then we close our ears to everything else, and we're not hearing from God because we're only listening for specific things. We have selected, so we're going, God, do this. And until he answers that thing, we think he's not speaking. It's selective hearing. We need to be willing to hear what he says, not just what we want. So maybe one of the reasons you're not hearing from God is because you're, 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 what you think God is going to say is very specific. And when he's not saying that one thing, you're thinking he's not speaking. But in reality, you're not listening because he's saying something other than what you want to hear. All right, second thing, not, not only selective hearing, but suggestive hearing. Suggestive hearing. Not only was Balaam looking for what he wanted, but he was also allowing the people around him to influence him. Right? The first people came, and they were princes, but they weren't like the top princes, I guess. They weren't like all of the princes, and they didn't have enough money. And so they said something to him, and he's like, nope. God said, no, I can't. And then later... They come back, there's more of them, the, the, the offer on the table's bigger, the, you know, there are more people of power and influence, and they're like, hey, buddy, I know those last guys came, they offered you, look what we got for you. Why don't you come with us, do what our king says, and we will give you a fat paycheck. And they're like, huh, let me check, and I'll be right back. And he comes back, and the influence, the influence of the people that were there persuaded his decision. The, the people that showed up to try to convince him persuaded him into talking or going with them. In other words, the voices or suggestions of other people were more important than what God said. And we will often take the suggestions of people over the facts of God. God gives clear direction and plans in his word, but we will ignore that for people's opinions. God will say, this is a good direction, this is a good lifestyle, this is a good action, this is a good practice, and we'll go, but yeah, everybody else is doing that, I think I'm going to do that rather than follow God, and then we're frustrated with why things aren't working out, or we're not hearing from God, and it's like, well, it's because you are choosing the voices of people, the suggestions of people, over the facts and the reality of God. And Balaam, he, he decides, you know what, I'm going to listen to these people because there's a bunch of them, and they're trying to convince me, and I'm listening to them. And so the suggestions of people ultimately influence his decision. People saying, I think you should, rather than what God says you should. What's more important, the opinions of man or the facts of God? Bad advice can convince us or unconvince us of just about anything. You have those friends that go advice shopping. In other words, they'll come, they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, um, what do you think I should do about this? And you say this and like, ah, oh, no. Um, hey, different friend, what do you think I should do about this situation? And you're like, uh, hold that, I'll be right back. Other friend. What do you think I should do? Ah, I like that one. I'm going to do that one. And a lot of times when it comes to uh, advice or direction or decisions, we will go shopping for the direction or the advice that best fits what we want. I ask Hannah all the time, hey, hey, babe, what shoes do you think I should wear? Like today, I was like, do you think the Vans 
or the Converse? And she's like, I think the Vans. And almost every time, I know what I want to wear. And she'll be like, today she said, you should wear the Vans. I'm like, that's what I was thinking anyways. But if she would have said the Converse, I would have worn the Vans. Because it just helped solidify for me. Like, I already knew what I wanted. I just wanted And, and when she said the Converse, it was like, nah, it's the Vans kind of day. So we went with the Vans. There you go. That's how I put my shoes on before church. Um, thanks. All right, good night, everybody. Um, but, but sometimes when, when we're looking for advice from people, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to people looking for what we want to hear. It's suggestive hearing. Rather than going to the facts of God, hey, this is what I think God says you should do about this. This is the direction of God. These are the plans of God. These are the ways of God. These are the disciplines of God. The, all of these things, rather than going there, we look for the suggestions of people that best fit what we want. Balaam already wanted to go because he wanted to get paid. We'll see that more in a minute. He wanted to go because he thought, I want to get paid. This is an e- I'm a prophet. This is easy. I'll just say, yep, God said curse those people. All right, money, please. And rather than going and doing what God wanted him to do. He was looking for the answer that he wanted to hear. It was suggestive hearing. Final thing. You still with me? Not only is it selective hearing or suggestive hearing, but it's stopped hearing. Stopped hearing. When something, the idea that of stopped hearing is when something is blocking our ears. The New Testament tells us very clearly the real problem Um, for Balaam. Listen to this, Jude chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, which is another Old Testament character, and have run, listen, greedily in the error of Balaam for profit and perish in the rebellion of Korah. So it's insight. It's talking about something totally different, but it gives insight about this guy, Balaam. He says they have run greedily in error of Balaam for profit. Balaam's What he was going for, the reason he made the decision that he did, was he was greedy for profit. Uh, uh, 2 Peter 2, verse 15 says it like this. It says, They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. What Balaam was about was money. He saw these princes show up. He saw the entourage that they came rolling up in. He heard the money that they were offering him. And he was like, I am about to get paid. And so he ignored the voice of God, did what he wanted to do because he wanted something. There was was something in his mind and in his heart that was blocking his ability to hear what God was saying. His pursuit of money, his, his desire for money, the money drove his decision. He couldn't hear God because all he saw was dollar signs. Right? He, he couldn't hear. He was like... Something in in my ears, right? I can't hear what God is saying because I'm so focused on what what I want. Something blocking God's voice. And so, as a result of that, God had to get his attention. But a lot of times, there will be things in our life that are blocking our ability to hear from God. Sometimes we, we don't hear from God because sin or some desire is blocking our ability to hear. Um, just recently over the weekend, Hannah and I went, uh, to Maryland. I was speaking at a conference and on our way back, um, some of you guys, if you 
might have seen this on my Instagram story, but I wanted to share it with you. Um, we got stuck on the runway for about 45 minutes. And pretty much whenever you fly into Orlando, you can expect people are wanting to go to Disney World, and they really want to go to Disney World. And there's only so long that the little Mickey Mouse ears are going to keep the children excited on the airplane. Like, there's only so long that you can say, like, we're almost there. And they'll be like, okay, Mickey can wait another hour. But after a little while, kids start to break down um, on the airplane. And we were experienced that as we were stuck for 45 minutes just like we could see our gate, we were stuck there. And we found out later is because uh, the president was actually taking off. We saw his plane take off, but he, we were sitting on the, the tarmat, <laughs> the tarmat, um, and for like 45 minutes waiting for him. And, and I would like to show you how, how I experienced this. Can we show that video real quick? So, so for 45 minutes, those were the sounds of the plane that we were hearing. And what I wanted to show you was the video of me comfortably with my headphones on. Honestly, for the first 15 minutes, I, I, like didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention. I like finally took my headphones off to kind of see, like, what's taking so long? And it was like, bah! and I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And, and the reason I wanted to show you guys that is because sometimes we, we, God is doing whatever he can to get our attention, and we are in our own little world. Sometimes in worship, you guys come up, can come up here, but sometimes when, when God is speaking to us, he's trying to get our attention, he's trying to speak to us, and, and sometimes he will do things like the chaos of the airplane in order to get our attention. God wants to speak to you. Let me say this again, and let me say it as clear as I can. God, your creator, the, the one who spoke all things into existence, he wants to speak to you. He, he wants to know you. He wants to, he wants to be involved in your life. And sometimes we will put things into our lives that will cause us to block out what God wants to say. And the reason for that is because God has already spoke on that specific thing in your life. What I mean by that is if there's sin in our life that's causing us to not hear from God, the reason for that is because God's already spoken to you. It's about that sin in your life. It's about that thing in your life, that, that, that something that isn't right, that God has clearly addressed. He's like, man, you know, I, that shouldn't be in your life. That's not what's best for you. That's harmful for you. That's going to hurt you. That's going to that's going to disappoint you. That's going to hurt you or the people around you. And so it's not good for you to have that in your life. God's already spoke, and then we're holding on to it. And it's not like God hasn't spoken to us. It's it's God has spoken to us. He's just waiting for us to listen. Are you listening? He's like, hey, th there's this area of your life that it's it's not good. It's not right. And then we're like, God never speaks to me. Well, it's like. <laughs> No, he spoke to you. It's clear as day. You, we all know it. And yet we're not listening. And because we're not listening, it's limited what else we can hear from God. Because there's something like me on the airplane with the headphones on blocking what God wants to say to you. But let me tell you, God will use drastic measures to get your attention. Like in our story, all of a sudden... A donkey can talk, right? A little alarming. And I've got all sorts of questions like about this situation. 
like, was the donkey already thinking these thoughts and then God just gave him the ability to communicate it? Or was it at one point, like, the donkey also had the ability to think these thoughts and communicate it? And, like, the donkey was, like, hee-hawing the whole time. And then finally, like, God just, like, gave a trans translator piece in Balaam's ear. And, like, all of a sudden he could understand donkey. I don't know. However it worked. And I love the rage of Balaam that he's not even shook by the fact that a, a donkey's talking to him. He just argues back. Like, he's so frustrated. He just, he's like, man, if I had a sword, I'd kill you, man. And she's like, what? Like, I'm a great donkey. Why did you want to kill me? But, but God so desperately wanted to get the attention of Balaam that he opened the mouth of a donkey to clearly communicate to him his will. And sometimes when, when all we can see is certain things, like for Balaam, all he could see was the money, and he was only listening to the people around him, and he was only hearing what he wanted to hear, God infiltrated his world, broke through in the most absurd way possible to get his attention. And God wants to do the same for you. We're living our life, we're going in a direction, and some of us going in a direction that is not pleasing to God. Go, going in a direction that, that is going to disappoint us, going to let us down, going to hurt us or others. And God wants to infiltrate our world. God wants to break in, and it might be in the most absurd way possible. It, it might be in a way like God coming to planet Earth in the form of a human being, wrapping himself in skin and bones, dying on the cross for our sins, rising again three days later just to say how much he loves us. Like God might do absurd things to get our attention, but it's because God desperately wants to know us and wants to have relationship with us. And that's Balaam. God's like, dude, you, I'm speaking to you. You got to listen. Are you listening? Can you hear me? God wants to talk to you, but sometimes we're, we're ignoring or we're only looking for certain things or there's too many voices that are making it chaotic and we can't rightfully discern God or there's something and, and if it's this thing we know it there's something in our life that's keeping us from hearing God so what's the right response well the right response I, I still don't think Balaam's response is quite right because um, notice again I'll read it to you after, after the angel of the Lord which is Jesus by the way whenever there's a, uh, we talked about this actually last week when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. Um, this is what we call a Christophany or a Theophany, which is Christ in flesh before the incarnation through the virgin birth. This is like a moment where Jesus shows up before his incarnation. So here's Jesus with a sword drawn. And rather than him going like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go home now. He goes again. He's like, um... Verse 34, he says, I've sinned, for I didn't know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. It's like, dude, clearly it displeases him. Go home. Stop it. But he's, he's so caught up in his thing. So I don't think Balaam's response is the right first part of it is. He's like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I blew it. Rather than asking, like, well, does this displease you? He should have gone, God, I'm going to do what you told me to do all along. And it's as simple as that. God's speaking to us. We just have to respond and do what he's asked us to do.